This is the MagicWordPodcast.com. We're here on uh, the fourth day of the uh, final day of the convention uh, here in New Orleans, actually over Mother's uh, Cafe or Mother's whatever it is. We are, it's one of my favorite places, and whenever we checked in the hotel, you heard me earlier on saying this is great. They're so nearby, and they're so good. And in fact, she's coming with my breakfast right now. Nope, it's not. She's going with somebody else. Uh, but this is just a fun place, block away from the, uh, there. But just wanted to, to uh, talk a little bit about uh, yesterday. We had um, the uh, uh, Tina Leonard uh, and company uh, spoke uh, on a panel discussion. Uh, then we had uh, David Charvet and Bruce Calver were talking about the uh, new book that was released. And then last evening during the uh, happy hours, and I say hours, that was like 6 to 8, was the, uh, the formal... Uh, cocktail hour, thereby wearing their their finery and uh, regalia and everything, as uh, it was a autograph time because they just released the book. Everybody was buying that and uh, taking pictures and uh, autographing uh, the book because there were so many past uh, national presidents who were there, as well as of course the uh, current president. And then afterwards had the uh, banquet, which was included with the price of your ticket here this year, and uh, that was digestible. So uh, we uh, then had the uh, traditional uh, long-winded speeches uh, that uh, politicians usually do. And then uh, after that, uh, we had uh, Michael Dardant, who was as uh, Cousin Mikey, or I think it was, just doing his Cajun thing and having a couple of other guys who he introduced that uh, was very fun and funny. And then we kind of took a break because they had to actually completely reset the room from the uh, tables and chairs and everything back to the original chair uh, um, way that we that was seated for the evening show. I was busy working on the podcast to give you uh, up, this update, but uh, I'm, I, so I was unable to make it to that event, but I've got Charlie Randall with me right now, and Charlie's going to talk a little bit about what, so what did I miss then last night as far as the, uh, the show that Michael had hosted? Oh, the burlesque show. Um, it, was, it was burlesque. Um, it uh, <laughs> you know, it's PG thirteen. Uh, I'm not sure I'd have brought a thirteen year old there, maybe fourteen, but uh, but it. I don't think you'll ever see that again at a, <laughs> a convention. Uh, it was good though; it was a very good show. I thought it was very well done. Uh, just not your typical magic uh, convention uh, event. Um, the thing you remember were the girls in the pasties and their butts hanging out, as opposed to, I guess, the magic. It kind of. Oh, was there a magic? No, there was. Uh, there was a guy. It's usually how juggling, you know, yeah, exactly. is. But in this case, it was the burlesque ladies. Uh, Dante was the magician. He's very good. Um, he's definitely a street performer. Very, very good. Uh, he's got the expressions, all that other stuff. Now, uh, nah, excellent. Um, the piano player was fantastic. Um, the girls were fantastic. Uh, but now, do they just dance, or do they like have hula hoops, or do they have like a pole, or what? Uh, they, they danced. I mean, the 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 the, the main like, striptease. Right, it's a striptease basically. Yeah, the main main dancer had some feathers that she used with hers. That you know, that's kind of the thing I think of as for the burlesque striptease type thing and all. That was that was really well done and all. Uh, you know, they're all very attractive ladies and very good dancers and everything and all. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, no complaints from me. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Michael Dardant oh, was the host. Yeah, Michael's excellent. Michael's a great host. He's Yeah, he's obviously done this a lot, and he has all the great lines. And, uh, no, it was very good. So. I had the grits. He did not have grits. Thank you. I see that. Must be from up north, huh? He's actually from Louisiana. And you don't eat grits? Something wrong. Something wrong with that picture. Y'all enjoy. You can tip at the table, baby. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it. Uh, Man, I'm going to have a little bit of this uh, white coffee, a little cafe au lait. Mm. Those are biscuits. That is some good. Those those are good size. Those are larger than the pasties they had on last night, I think. (laughs) That was interesting. (laughs) The kids loved it. <laughs> that was uh, past national president Bruce Calver just <laughs> walking by there with a K. With a K. That's right. Uh, and so, what else was uh, what happened then? Other there goes other president. Yep, there goes John Sturck, who's our current president, walking by. But one of the best parts of the the show was probably the the finale. Meadow Perry um, does a bubble act that's just. Fantastic, beautiful. Just, I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, I'd seen her before once on video, but never in person. And uh, oh, was your first time, right? To, to see her. Yeah. And did she do the thing with the window where she pulls yeah. it down, blows yeah. the bubbles out? Yeah, she sure did. And uh, you know, I've always had fascination with bubbles when I was in college. One of those things I did was thin films, and which was bubbles basically, and uh, studying some of that stuff. So I had an interest from that point of view. But yeah, the beauty of it is just, and she does a great act. Oh my god! She was fully clothed, I assume. It was not yeah, part of the burlesque. A, yeah, it's, it's, that could have been a different uh, component. No, but, yeah, but just a good example. Hey, you can leave your clothes on and still entertain people. <laughs> anyway, no, beautiful. Uh, great finale for the show. So, uh, it's a good show. Very good show. How uh, late, but good show. And then uh, today, again, being the last day, I'm not sure what all we're going to be having, but I believe Ian Kendall's going to be starting off here at about 9 o'clock uh, with his uh, boot camp, and then later there's some sort of a king cake surprise. Yeah, who knows what that is. They said bring your poster, so at least be that. Uh, so, yeah, that's going on. And then, uh, you know, there's another close-up show. Man, the close-up guys have been excellent. Uh, oh, and then tonight, Tina Leonard and company doing their show. That would be great. I've seen all those guys before so I'm kind of curious to see if it's what they've done before if there's new stuff Arden James I love Arden James the guy is just unbelievable and Tina I love Mike I like uh, Jorge Blas uh, man it's going to be a show This yeah, Christopher Hart Christopher Hart how could I forget him yeah exactly yeah the hand so oh, that'd be a good show uh, should well, be a good day we haven't seen uh, Arden James in a very long time at a convention that's right uh, I don't remember the last time I saw him every time I, I'm sure that he was here in 98 and that's the first time most of us saw him I remember seeing him and this is this one part he does with a kid where he's look like, like, like he's picking up by his ears but he's not But and then he's swinging him around and I remember just being flabbergasted like alright how's, how's that not a lawsuit waiting to happen but uh, it's, it's hilarious oh my goodness and you know Arden goes out of his way talking about the talk guest he's like hey the kid's not hurt trust me but I mean it looks like man Hope his neck doesn't break. <laughs> so. Well, Arden, although has not been seen at the Magic conventions, he does work at Magic Castle quite frequently, and he works a lot with uh, Mike and Tina. But yeah. uh, anyhow, uh, great day. Our food is here. Uh, coffee's hot, and so are these big biscuits <clears throat> and the uh, grits and everything. So, till later. Uh, that was Charlie Randall. <laughs> this is Scotty out from Mother's.
We had just finished an excellent lecture here this afternoon, or this morning, I guess, actually. We had David Charvet to talk about some of the classics of magic and then uh, give us a demonstration and show how those things can be updated and put into your own repertoire. I also had uh, spoken last evening then with uh, Craig uh, Mitchell, who came from South Africa, and we were talking about did he come the farthest or did the uh, uh, mates who came all the way from Australia come the furthest? And so maybe we'll find out right now because I have with me Peter Rogers. Hey there, Peter. (laughs) Thanks, Scott. And you're all the way from which part of Australia? I'm from Sydney. Okay, so you're kind of on the east coast, so it's not as far as going from Perth, I guess. Yeah, yeah, there's a performer from Perth here, too. He would have come further than us. Unless he went the other way. Unless he went the other way, but I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he came uh, across the Pacific like we did. Yeah. So which is further, actually, South Africa or uh, coming from Sydney? What would be your guess? Um... Look, it's six or one half a dozen or the other, I think. From South Africa, you would come back the opposite direction, right? I guess that's right. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think we might be further than than South Africa. Now, I see these conventions quite frequently, particularly the international conventions, the IBM. I assume you went to the IBM then last week? Or? I was at the IBM last week, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'll be at Magic Life in 10 days or whenever. You know. And after this is over, you're not going to Abbott's? You're going to go where? No, I... Uh, look, I like Abbott's, but uh, the problem I see with Abbott's I'd have to learn to drive on the wrong side of the road because you need a, virtually need a car to go to Abbott's. True. And I haven't got any friends that were coming that would do the driving for me. So, And I was also a bit worried that um, the quick change, you know, Abbott's finishes on the Saturday night and I don't want to miss the start of... On Monday. Or Sunday. Magic, Magic Live on the Sunday night. So I have done it before, but I'm not sure how good the... Uh, with all the cancellations of flights and everything after after the pandemic I, I, I did it before the pandemic yeah. with Graham Etherington from Melbourne and he did the driving and and we caught a flight from Battle Creek and and we uh, we got there Sunday afternoon about 3 o'clock I think yeah. in Las Vegas so well, I'm going to roll the dice here this year. I'm going to see if I can make it because I've got a car I'm renting in Chicago and then driving over to Colon and then driving back early Sunday morning to catch a noon flight from Chicago. And yeah. since there's a, a two-hour differential, I should be arriving around 2.30 Vegas time. Yeah, that's roughly what we did. And that's got to be, what, about five years ago, before the pandemic anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, and it worked out. Well, you're right. There are some issues in right now, I guess, with uh, the flight delays and different kinds of uh, other things. But uh, uh, why is it that you come over to these conventions? Do you go to Blackpool also and other conventions? Uh, no, Black, 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 part of the reason is it's summer and it's winter at home. So, mm-hmm. But Blackpool, I'm not going to go to Blackpool in the middle of winter <laughs> from, from an Australian summer. And... Uh, uh, you know, it's the same with the, the two conventions that Vanishing Inc. put on. Mm-hmm. Imagine Fest, yeah, it's in winter. Fest yep. and, and, and the, the one in and the session. Mm-hmm. They're both in winter, so I'm not leaving Australia. The, the, uh, and the point is, there's just one convention at a time. Mm-hmm. So when we come here, yeah. you know, we're three conventions in, in a month. about a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Right. Uh, and you should, well, I was going to say stick around a little bit longer, but probably that'd be another whole month to go to the TAOM because it'd yeah, take longer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I have been to one before, or yeah. a couple of uh-huh. them years ago, but not, not this year. So you have come to, I, I know, a lot of the uh, U.S. conventions. They still have uh, conventions in Australia, obviously. Not, not, uh, not as many as we used to. Since 
we, we had a, um, a small business of magic convention after the pandemic, which was partly sponsored by New South Wales government, which is the state that I live in, mm-hmm. and they gave us money. They, they were offering money for businesses that were hurt because of struggling the because of the pandemic, yeah. because of the pandemic, and we thought, well, magicians are. Uh, um, all, none of them could perform so we right. didn't think we'd get it but we applied and they gave us a few thousand dollars so we put mm-hmm. that on and we're doing it again this year So, When's it going to be this year? Uh, some of Oct- October Which will be your summer or uh, the spring I guess lead, Leading into summer, yeah it'll be mm-hmm. spring mm-hmm. Yes. So it'll be a good time to come down there Is it going to be in Sydney or whereabouts? Uh, yes, it's going to be in a Sydney suburb and the, and the following it's only a, we're only doing it for one day, and it's on a Monday. Um, you're going to ask me the date. I think it's the, the early or late. Okay, 10th, I okay. think it's the tenth of October. But yeah. don't quote me on that. And the following weekend, Barry Govan, mm-hmm. who often calls himself Barry Gavan in America, uh, he is having a Ballarat convention. He lives in a little town called Ballarat near Melbourne, mm-hmm. and he started putting on conventions. And it's the 50th, 50th anniversary of his first one. Hmm. So wow. he's putting on one this year. What kind of attendance do they typically oh, get? Oh, it'll be only small. I don't think you can fit more than 60 people in the venue for, okay. for, for that. That's It was a close-up convention. He started putting on um, these little conventions. Uh, and in Sydney, well, we might get 100 people, but it's only a one-day affair. So. Okay. That's why I was wondering about the the one-day convention. I mean, that the government's going to be offsetting some of that, but you still only get about 100 people. I think so, yeah. 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 So what have you enjoyed so far about uh, the SAM? I assume this is probably your first time in New Orleans? No, no. I, the SAM had a couple of conventions back about 20, years ago. Which were great conventions. Back yeah. back in those days, I think there were over 1,000 people at those yep. conventions. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit different to now. Um, yeah, I remember one of the conventions back then. Uh, we had the show at the Sanger Theater, and I remember John Calvert was there, and also uh, I think Seymour Davis was playing this pipe organ that came up from the floor, you know, in the theater there. Does that ring a bell with you at all, or the evening shows? I just, I, anyhow, the SAMs have got a good, you know, rich history of uh, uh, great places of where they've been. This has been fun. Yeah. So, what have you enjoyed the most so far with this convention? Um, I think probably the favorite was the, the close up show. Mm-hmm which I think was yesterday morning, and I with can't Paul. pronounce his name. The, yeah, Paul the final, the fi- Yeah, that with, with, with Paul organised, but the final act I'd never heard of. Or Giancarlo's? Yeah. Yeah, from, well, originally from Italy, but now I think from Spain. Mm-hmm. I just thought I'd never heard of him, and uh, I just thought that it was sensational act it was it was a cards to pocket that was amazing it just yeah. kept on going uh, you know uh, I've seen other people do various cards to pockets yeah. you know, Steve Valentine yeah. and all those people yeah. but this just kept on going it was uh, yeah, I've never seen anything like it because there were signed cards to pocket and I then will. he would say okay well, there, were, there were four Wait a minute, there were five and, there, and he was showing each one being signed he was pulling out like seven eight but, nine to cards <laughs> yeah and they all appeared to be the signed cards yeah. and I think uh Craig Mitchell was the person on stage, and he he'd signed them, and he assured us later that he hadn't pre-signed any, and mm-hmm. and uh, he was he was just as mystified as us. So we're all yeah. all the cards that he was producing seemed to be signed. Yeah, and 
there were a lot more than four coming out. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, we still have uh, this evening show to go that's going to be, I think this afternoon there's some yes. sort of a king cake special surprise. I don't know what that's going to be. No idea what that is. <laughs> Either. Did you get in a copy of the book, by the way? Uh, the, yes, yes yeah. I bought a copy of the book. Had a fun autograph party last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had a chance I'll, to look I'll, at it? N- not really. I was pretty tired last night, so I... Yeah. Uh, what did you think of last evening's show, by the way, then, too? Well, I saw the show here, the, the very late show that I didn't see. I only okay. saw the, the show at the banquet, but I enjoyed that. Right, right. Um, with Michael Dordant, that was yes. like Michael's cousin. It was kind of funny, yeah, Cajun cousin. Um, and it, it was um, uh, a nice evening, and the, the tonight we're going to be going back over to the Jesuit High School uh, and seeing um, a great stage show, you know, since Tina Lunder's going to be the guest of honor. I think that's great, you know, having her as a guest of honor. Yes, yeah. yes. You've seen her many times before, I, I'm I, I think I've seen all, all the acts before yeah. tonight, So, um, but they're all good acts, so I can de- I'll enjoy that. Yep, it's going to be fun. Peter, thanks very much. Always good chatting with you, my friend. Thank you, Scott. And also, from, uh, you had two other guys came from Australia, not just you. I mean, uh, Bill came. And- Bill, Bill Wash and and Andrew Gill from Perth. Now, there's yeah. two Andrew Gills in Magic in Australia. So, really? Uh, <laughs> I've known one from Melbourne, and I thought... Has he moved to Perth when when there was Andrew Gill in Perth? Name kept cropping up, but they're different people. They're not related. They're just two people, same same name, both into magic. Yeah. I've got several listeners in Australia, and I, uh, I love hearing from them. They send me some emails from time to time, uh, and some people also who have become friends of the Magic Word and uh, given donations and pledges. So I thank all of you guys uh, from Dalinda for uh, for listening, and I appreciate also, Peter, you spend a little bit of time. It's always good to spend time with uh, with you guys. Okay. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> so for the Magic Word Podcast. That was Peter Rogers. Scotty out. So we are on the bus right now. You can kind of hear the motor in the background, and we are heading over to uh, the Jesuit High School where we're going to be seeing the final night show. And, and I'm here then with uh, my another friend from Australia. You just heard a while ago from Peter Rogers, and now we're going to have uh, Bill Wash. Hey there, Bill. Hello. How are you today? Fantastic. So you were over here, of course. You always I see you at these uh, conventions. You always attend the national ones when they can all bunch together. That's what Peter was saying. That's right. Yeah, well, well, uh, sometimes we have to come over twice in a year, but it's better if we can come over once and do three conventions. Right. And, uh, so we're here for five and a half weeks. We've got in IBM, we've got in SAM, and we go to Magic Live. I know sometimes that you have attended Abbott's in the past, yeah, but because right now it's going to be pretty tight, you're not making it this no, year. No, not this year. So what are you going to do during Abbott's? We're going to New York, and we're seeing... Speakeasy, we're seeing As You Win, we're seeing The Tannen Show, uh, we're going to visit George Schindler, uh, so we've got a full five days already lined up with Magic. When I see you at Magic Live, I want to talk again to see how Aussie Win show was. Oh, from I've all reports, it, it's great. I mean, everyone tells you you've got to see the Aussie Win show, yeah. and it's not cheap, by the way. Um, What's it run? It runs between $167 to $200. And how many uh, seats? Do you have any idea about how many people are seats? Um, I know we're in the second row. Um, Peter would, uh, yeah, look, I, I'm guessing, but it's not only about 30, I think. Yeah, so this, that's why I guess they're... Yeah. they're hold on just a minute here. Okay, just want to clear that beeping noise, though. Apparently the door was still open while they were moving. That was a problem, yeah. 
So you're going to go see Aussie Wind show. That sounds like it's going to be really yeah, fun. Yeah, it should be good. But I, I think they'll all be good. Um, as he wins, Speakies, he's got a good good uh, thing. We're going to Monday Night Magic. We're doing the show in Tannins. Right. Um, so there's a lot in LA, in uh, New York. And then we've got a lot booked in um, Las Vegas as well. We're what going, shows are you going to see? Well, we're, we're going to see the Siegfried and Roy house. The, the, the oh, yeah. That uh, Paul that. Stone's putting on. Paul Stone's yeah. putting on. Yep, we're going to see that. Um, we're going to a show that's a close-up show out of town, and they won't even tell you where it is yet. You've got to wait for a couple of days before. It's going to be a surprise, huh? Surprise place, cool. yeah. Who's putting that on? Um, you've got me. Peter did the booking, so I really can't tell you. Huh. Well, it sounds like that you got some uh, some good plans here between now oh, and then. Yeah. Um, I mean, now, are you sticking around after the uh, Magic Live is over, or are you heading back to Australia? No, we... Um, We've got one more night in um, Vegas, and we're going to see the Penn and Teller show. Penn and Teller are doing their recording for the Foolish. Oh, for the Foolish show. Yep. So you're going to see the Foolish. Yeah, we've got tickets recording. for that. Wow. Yep. Okay. And then we go back to LA for the castle. Uh, I'm in, I'm going to the castle four nights: Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Peter doesn't leave until the Wednesday, so he's got an extra couple of nights. Wow! So it's all magic. That, now, when you get back to Australia, you're going to be doing you do some magic back there then too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not a lot these days since COVID's really slowed everything down. Has it really? Yeah. Um, I remember talking to Tim Ellis about how that they had locked down uh, during COVID, uh, different provinces or states uh, there. Yeah. And if there was one one uh, report, they shut everything down. Went back to masking again. The Victoria was the most lockdown state in the whole world. Wow. It was incredible. They, they had the longest lockdown of anyone in the whole world. And by the way, it didn't save them. They still had a lot of deaths. Because they did the wrong thing with uh, the quarantine. They didn't put them in quarantine places. They put them in hotels. Oh. And it leaked out, and they had lots and lots of deaths. Oh, my gosh. My gosh. Well, we were just talking uh, before we started the recording over here a little bit about this convention, about the SAM convention. And I tend to agree with you. That, that obviously, every convention has its uh, problems. And here they've had some uh, technical difficulties with some of the sound and the, and the video. And they haven't fixed it from that's, day one. That's the biggest problem. They haven't tried to fix it. But, uh, yeah. Well, if they have think, tried, they haven't fixed it. Well, they haven't, yeah. I mean, it didn't look like they tried because the same things have been happening every show. Uh, and because there's a lot of close-up stuff, you, you, you always miss the crucial point. It always seems to go off just when he's doing the, a special move. Right. As far as lectures go... I think David Charvet was the only one that actually was teaching. So I missed this afternoon session with our, our Paul Wilson. Was that a lecture or was yeah, that well, a, a it show? Was, it was two of his friends who did the close the pro close up show yesterday, and the Spanish guy and uh, the other um, Scots guy uh, who won the FISM Nardini? comedy with Cardini. Nardini. The, yeah, he won the. Uh, the FISM Comedy Award back exactly 20 years ago today, as yeah. it happened. Yeah. Well, this morning they had uh, Ian uh, Kendall, who yeah. gave a workshop that was pretty interesting and fun. Yeah. He's just a great guy. Yeah, and I've seen him do it before at Magic Live, and it's always been interesting. Mm-hmm. And he's also been at the Genie Convention. you ever attended the Genie Convention? I've, I've been to the whole three of them. Okay. Yeah, those were good conventions. Man, they had yeah. just such great talent there yeah. as well. And that's what I noticed about this one. If you went to IBM... <laughs> 
week ago there was a lot of talent. I, I don't think there's much talent here, to be quite honest. It's, it's a bit disappointing. Um, and a thing that we always do at home when we have a convention, we stress to anyone we bring out that during the convention they have to mix with the, with the convention is. Here, I haven't seen anyone mix. I, you just don't see anyone. No one hanging out and kind of... No. That's true. You know, uh, I know that, of course, Tina Leonard and the group that we're going to be seeing here in the show this evening was working at the Magic Castle yep. until Monday no, through Sunday. So they, yeah, they couldn't come in until yep. Monday, so they got in. And uh, then, like this afternoon, they had to go do tech. And so they really haven't been too yeah. accessible nor available kind of well, rubbing shoulders. Well, they have but in the time they've been here, I've, I've had two or three talks, with, little talks with Mike. Yeah, um, Mike Haven. Yeah, yeah. I, I know him quite well. And uh, as a matter of fact, when we go back to L.A., we're going to go out to his house. And the Egyptian look. Hall. Yeah. yeah. Well, overall, I think it's just been a good convention. Uh, and uh, again, like when we sat down and you were asking me how it was going, I just saying it's good to see people like you and I think that's what this is all about you know the Look, convention the our friends part. you know yeah you, 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 you make friends and, and you remain friends with them sure but the thing that I notice here is that there's a lot of people who used to come aren't here um, and, uh, you don't mean because they've died off they just stopped coming well I don't know but it's a bit of both actually but um, people like Dan Garrett and his wife Carol uh, they, they don't oh, come right. anymore and um, and he's a past national president. Yeah, too. and yeah. Gary Hughes was a past national president. Yeah, he was president. here. I saw him. Oh, did you? I didn't see him. He was at the show. In fact, he sat next to me. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I yeah. missed him because he, he was president last time we were here in Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that being a great convention the yeah. last time we had that in New Orleans. I, seems like that there were people who were coming who were not performing. I remember sitting and chatting with Max Maven and John Carney, and they weren't performing. They were just hanging out. Yeah, you know? yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, people like like Max, unfortunately, have gone now, so it's a shame. But uh, Max Max was the one who booked me for the castle some years ago. Yeah. Well, Bill, thanks very much. Always good to chat with you. Thank you. That's <laughs> it for the Magic Word Podcast. That was Bill Walsh with Scotty Out. We just uh, got off the bus there. Again, you just heard us talk with uh, Bill Walsh, who's uh, sitting over here next to me on one side. And we have just, uh, they've opened the theater, and we're going to be getting started here. Oh, goodness, uh, it'll be a while, about another half hour from now. But I wanted to visit with uh, Craig Mitchell again, because I know that you uh, love his honest reporting whenever he gives his reviews, whether it's on the Genie Forum or other places. Uh, So uh, I thought it'd be kind of interesting, since I missed this afternoon, I was out having, uh, uh, actually recording a, a podcast for, that you guys will enjoy sometime in the future. I don't want to spoil who it is that's my guest. But anyhow, I missed this afternoon's thing that was our Paul Wilson as friends who were giving a, a little bit of a lecture. And so, hello, Craig. Scott, you're still alive. I am still alive. It's still standing. And how about you as far as you've been here for like about four days so far? It's so. all blurring. But we blurring had, together. We, we at the finishing line. There has to be something that now stands out within the blur, and that's probably this guy. Indeed it is Giancarlo Scalia from Spain, who was our little sleeper hit at the convention. Originally from Italy, you said. Uh, no. I, if we can believe uh, Ian Kendall in his uh, MC <laughs> introduction, but I think that was uh, Ian getting, uh, having a bit of fun with his Lic- geography. Li- uh, license, uh, yeah. license to have some fun over there. John Collar's lecture was, and I'll read from it, 
Simple card miracles for the real world. His material looked fantastic, but it was achievable by us mere mortals. Yeah. So some of his ideas were brilliant. Uh, best highlight was his impromptu invisible deck. Absolutely brilliant. Some fantastic material, and it's definitely somebody to look out for. And he had everyone rushing for the stand at wow. the end to go yeah. buy his uh, download. So always exciting when you get to see somebody uh, new that you haven't come across who delivers the goods. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and somebody, as you had said, that makes miracle card miracles actually and explains them that they are easier than you think. It's not like Danny D. Ortiz or somebody who's explaining or, you know. Exactly. I mean, you're looking at the material and you think, okay, this is incredible. There's obviously some serious sleight of hand going on behind the scenes. We'll just sit back and watch. Yeah. And he explains it and it's like, well, we don't have to memorize the deck. In fact, I'm going to be able to do this, which is, I think he's found himself a great niche. Yeah. Yeah. Was there someone else that also lectured with him, or was he just the one off? It was him and Paul Nardini. Who was a FISM winner a few years ago? I believe in 2003 in Den Haag. I had to go check on the FISM website. Mm -hmm. uh, He won the Comedy Award in 2003. Right. And and he's from Scotland as well. Paul Wilson brought all of his uh, Scottish mates with him, it appears. It's the uh, entire UK contingent. Seems like that, that was right. Yep. And then before or thereafter, we had the King Cake Surprise Bonus, uh, MC'd by Vinny Grosso. Vinny Grosso was our MC over there. But and the surprises were? There were too many to mention. There uh, were. There were lots. But I think the standout memory for this event uh, is probably last night's banquet, which I'm going to remember, as we had the procession of officers complete with uh, orchestral music as one would believe that yep. the royal family had now yeah. arrived. Aaron which Copeland I, music, yeah. Uh, very unique and maybe a little out of touch with uh, <laughs> modern civilization as we sit in 2023 as everyone yeah. comes. I was, I, I was expecting the chain to be uh, there along the finery. So it was, it was very, uh, very novel. So... Something which maybe uh, SAM and, and needs to reconsider. Well, <laughs> I think it was very funny. <laughs> I have not seen it before. And another thing which I think is very humorous: uh, all the officers running around with name badges, which are the size of eight by tens, stuck to their lapel, yeah. uh, which I don't think is necessary when everyone's got a regular name got, badge. Exactly. Underneath. How many so name tags do you need? I don't need to know if we need to know an eight by ten, forty point font that you are the second regional vice president. <laughs> Of the second county in uh, well, Alabama. If you get a little bit older, it's harder to read. You need a little bit larger font. That, is, that is true. That is true. Uh, <laughs> so I thought that was quite a... That was fun. That was fun. A little hawk back. Did you stick around then last night to... Uh, actually, stick around go to the late night burlesque show as well? I didn't make it until that sleep was calling. Uh, we'd been up until one o'clock the previous... or well, that same day with the judge in, uh, which finished at one, so... Didn't uh, didn't make the burlesque job, but I'm sure you were there front and center. No, spot. I was the same way. I was out at like at 11:30. I was working on the podcast, and and uh, I thought, okay, well, it's it, I don't think I can make it. I was just I was beat. Uh, but I already reported on that. I had uh, uh, Charlie Randall went to here this morning. Uh, Ian Kendall this morning was up at uh, nine o'clock and giving a good lecture. Uh, the workshop. The workshop. We need to discuss with the uh, convention producers. Cardinal rule: no event. Before 10 a.m. is okay. permissible. He and sorry. I had that long conversation. I felt so sorry for them when I looked at the schedule. But it was full. I'm sure it was. But everyone, I think, had matchsticks under their eyes. I, he and I were talking about this, and he said, Scott, it's your fault because in, I think, 2019 at Genie Convention, when he was on, 
and he was supposed to be on in the afternoon. And then uh, Richard Kaufman came to him and said, "Hey, John Carney's going to bump you. I'm going to put you in a different slot." And I had suggested the coffee slot, the the 8 a.m. slot, you know. And so he thought nobody's going to be there, and they did. Such that it was uh, like 30 people in the seats in the in the room and it was SRO standing room only and so the next one they moved him to another room and then to another room I think and it was the sleeper hit of that event uh, that's right and so I think he's found his niche of a morning morning magician lecturer uh, and he, he packs know, the room I don't know if Paul Wilson was too excited at the concept he didn't seem so. to be I think he went back to bed <laughs> he, after, oh, he never went to sleep unfortunately okay. <laughs> just kept on going and now we're about to watch the 8 p.m. gala show. Yep. Which should be fun. And then uh, afterwards, we go back to the hotel again. We bus back, and there will be a president's party for the entire uh, group of registrants. And I assume the official Sam national anthem will then be played. Probably. They're probably some sort of a royal uh, I'm sure there'll be a royal gathering. of some sort, yes. Uh, did you have any of the king cake today, by the way? It's my first experience with King Cake. I didn't have and? any. Uh, I got to watch Scott. Uh, I got to watch it was you. delicious. Oh, the expression on my face. It said it all. I mean, you really look like you were getting into that. Uh, is this was, a local delicacy? or It is actually a New Orleans thing. And the, the idea is that it is, has the Mardi Gras colors, of course. And the, the, uh, it's called a King Cake, which they have during Mardi Gras. It's only during a certain time of the year, specifically. Not tourists. I mean, you can get it other times of the year. But it's really most popular. And when uh, they have Mardi Gras parties at people's homes... Uh, they will uh, bring out the cake, and there is a little uh, wee baby in there that is uh, supposed to symbolize the baby Jesus. And so, a person ate baby Jesus. And so, well, you, you can't because if you do, you'll choke to death because it is a hard plastic thing, and this so you can break your tooth. This is a very disturbing concept. And so, if you happen to get the piece with the baby in it, then you're responsible for bringing the cake then the following year to the next party. So that's the uh, idea. I'm learning lots about American there culture. <laughs> But if you, uh, yeah, you bite into that too hard. When you eat a king cake, if the baby has not yet been found, you need to be cautious as you're chewing or else cut your piece up before you start to... And this is approved by the FDA and there haven't been lawsuits. Let's say sure. Good to know. Good to know. (laughs) But I really love the king cake. It was uh, nice and moist and it was some sort of a lemon pudding filling that was uh, delicious. And uh, not too much uh, sugary frosting, which... That can really cause a problem, I think. Magicians and too much sugar. Terrible idea. <laughs> On a yeah, sugar high. That's right. Well, so yeah, we're getting ready to uh, watch this evening's show. And as always, good talking with you and Craig. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate your input. Cheers. <laughs> Magic Word Podcast. Again, that was Craig Mitchell. Scotty out. just finished the uh, evening show and that was uh, the final gala and now we are back at the hotel for the uh, annual, well, I say annual it's for the president's party and you, you can hear the uh, strains of uh, uh, President John Sirk wafting in the background over there so he is actually uh, accompanying magicians who are performing with some live uh, music. Right now I have someone who is almost live and that's Ian Kendall Hey Ian. Hey Scotty, how are you? <laughs> He was uh, Ian uh, was one who did a workshop for us here this morning, and I always like to talk to some of the talent who was involved with the convention. So, uh, how was it from your perspective as far as the convention? I was just surprised because I was just sort of asked. I'm, I'm here unofficially. I was asked, "Can you do something?" Um, and I was massively underprepared. But <laughs> in the spirit of everything I did, I just flicked a switch and just waffled for a time. 
I don't know what I tried, um, but people seem to have liked it, so that worked for me. Yeah. So it was a. You weren't really on the bill originally, did you? No, I'm not. I'm not on the bill. It was just kind of like, can you fill in here, please? So that was what we were talking about earlier as far as that when you were supposed to be working at the Genie uh, convention and they put you on a certain time, they said, oh, we're going to bump you and put you on, uh, how about 8 o'clock? So same kind of thing. You just kind of are the very flexible person, easy to get along with. And so if uh, somebody is uh, booking a convention and they want someone at the last minute who is, who is very easy to work with, it'd be you to kind of put in. You know, it's like you're the, you're the uh, pinch hitter. Kind of. I, I try to be flexible in life. I think it's much easier if you can be easy to work with and accommodating. Um, but I do prefer afternoon lectures, I'm going to be brutally honest. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Whenever I thought I saw you on the early morning, I thought, oh, he's doing early morning because he, he knows his place. <laughs> you, you have tainted my life forever, Mr. Wells. So... I, one of the things I was going to talk to you about is you had said before one of the books you got is, has to do with uh, uh, losing props yes. and preparing for when you can lose, lose yes. props. And is it really how to prepare or to make sure you have a backup? In other words, should you plan in advance when you're going to lose props in this way that you have a checklist of things? Well, I can do this without these props, or what is it? I, I honestly think that if you do shows... You need to prepare yesterday, today, now, start now, because it, when you need it and you don't have it, it is too late. So th the whole ethos of the book, the Lost Luggage Show book, is how to prepare and have that, that safety net so that you don't fear losing props. Nobody wants it to happen, but it does mean you can fulfill your obligations. Because you know, if you turn up to a, a cruise ship without your props the cruise director doesn't care they're going to want you to do your show so and it's in a corporate gig if you, if you turn up to a corp and you go sorry I can't do a show are you going to get rebooked maybe not so it's an insurance policy and you know you don't wait until after you crash your car before you buy car insurance so so I I urge everybody for the sake of of, of magic and, and professionalism get a plan ahead of time. Like some years ago, I had published uh, or posted, broadcast an episode uh, about making sure that you have a uh, permit for your rabbit. And in, in getting it, stick with me here. <laughs> Marty Hahn was the guy, and he was doing a party. Long story short, he found out he was supposed to have this permit for the rabbit he was using. He ended up having to go to an attorney and everything. He had like a a one minute or rather a one one inch thick kind of a contract that he had to complete and these things are saying in the event of a tornado what do you do uh with your rabbit you know uh, not just what you know in the case of a flood you know and, and what kind of bedding do you use and when you you transport him you know the rabbit there you know, what do you do and it was all these different questions everything the point is he had to be prepared and things you really don't think about of happening that might happen in the case of a tornado or whatever, like you say with your luggage, but, but but at least he does know that now. And like with you, similarly, I guess what you're suggesting is that you should have a plan for a show so when your things are lost, here is something I can do, but you, you can go to the store and buy them, I guess. That's absolutely right. It's everybody, oh, it, it, you always say plan for the unexpected. 
and so you'll 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 rehearse dropping a prop on stage you'll rehearse a thread breaking when you're floating something you'll plan those out but people don't rehearse what to do if you have no props and it doesn't take a lot of thought to put together a show or a series of effects that you can do with stuff you get at Walmart or Target or wherever I would think though if you're going to be traveling you mentioned like cruise ships and if something doesn't work out the way that it's supposed to uh, or that some of your props get lost or something there is an issue that you may not be able to find some of those props in Jamaica you know for an example they don't have a Costco or something you know? that is right but the idea is or certainly in, in my list is I try and keep the shopping list as generic as possible so it, it's I know that I can get stuff for certain routines in uh, um, a supermarket at, in the home in the UK or a Target or a CVS or um, even a Kroger or something here uh, and I've got enough material so that if I cannot find cable ties over there I can maybe find some insulating tape and I can still do an escape with that uh, so it's more a case of having enough of a spread of material that if you can't find A, go and buy B. Right. Um, it makes it a little bit harder because you've got to keep a certain number of routines current because you have to keep these routines current. You've got to rehearse them. Right. Um, but, yeah, it is a concern that if I, you know, my friend Danny Buckler, who's an unbelievable comedy magician, um, went on a four-week cruise on the Amazon, and his bags never left never left London. Holy so he cow. did he did four weeks with nothing, washing his underwear in the laundry every night. But Danny is an absolute genius, so he he, he didn't bother about it. But he put a show together completely from scratch. Da- Danny can make a show out of thin air. Honestly, the guy's Danny Buckler. He's he's incredible. I remember hearing. Um, Giovanni Oliveira tell me one time that when he was uh, told his wife that if we were on a beach in our swimming suits and a helicopter comes in, you know, a military helicopter, and these guys come down and they hold you to gunpoint saying, I'm going to shoot your wife unless you can do a half hour magic right now. He said, I want you to feel comfortable that you were going to live just on a beach with the swim trunks. Okay. Um... I'm trying to think if I could do that. Quite a challenge, huh? I, I don't know about half an hour, uh, but I, I, I could probably do 15 to 20 yeah. with with not much. Um, that's kind of... In, in the book, I told, we talked about the, the three demo shows. Um, one of them, the third one, is, is sort of a mind power one. So lots of memory work sure. and, and magic squares, stuff like that. I could probably stretch that out to 20 or 30. Um, but hopefully, hopefully, that one's not going to happen. No. <laughs> but you should be prepared. I like what you're thinking. So, just salt, to wrap... A salt pour with sand. That's what I do. <laughs> I was thinking about so much stuff you could do with sand, you know. Okay. <laughs> I got one particle and two particles, and I'll add third, you know. as I throw away three pieces of sand. <laughs> Uh, so where, where, where can people find your book? 
uh, virtualmagicshow.com. There you go. Ian Kendall, go check it out. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I'm glad you liked this adventure. Always a pleasure, Scotty. So with the Magic Word Podcast, that was Ian Kendall. Scotty out. Well, again, the party is uh, kind of in full swing right now, but the person that is actually, we wouldn't be a party without this person because he's kind of uh, Mr. New Orleans. He's been making this whole thing happen, and I feel like that uh, I was missing something, and I think I finally found it, and that is Michael Dardon. Here he is. Hey, Michael. Hi. Thanks so much. Good to see you again. And you as well, yes. as always. Uh, the last time we were just coming back from the 4F convention, you know, and just uh, right. hanging out at the airport. So you have really been an integral part of putting this together and all the behind-the-scenes things. I was so honored when the organizers asked me to be a part of this. They they came down to New Orleans. Basically, I think it was an excuse for them to come eat yeah. because we went eat in New Orleans, which uh, Vinnie Grosso uh, asked for a vegan meal, and the waiter said, well, we have alligator bites. Yeah. So he obviously had no idea. The waiter had no idea what vegan meant. But nonetheless, we had a great meal together, and we discussed what we wanted to achieve for this convention. And I I was just so happy to be a part of it, and really so stoked to have magicians come back to New Orleans, because it's been over 20 years since we've had any magic convention at all in this city. And as you know, it is a very magical place. So to be able to welcome my peers back to my hometown was such a privilege for me. And I was just so happy to be involved with that. So I produced three of the events, including the opening party, that I have an Instagram video of you and me walking before the party even started with our masks on. And uh, that was fun. And we had a great opening party. And then last night, I got to produce two of the shows, the Banquet Show, which we had a Cajun theme, and then our Late Night Burlesque Show, where I give everybody a taste of life in New Orleans and the type of performance that we do here in New Orleans. And I got to feature some of my lovely local talent Trixie Minx Trixie Minx with Minx Productions uh, Minx Burlesque and uh, Madame Mystere and Mamie Dame and we had Dante El Dante one of my favorite magicians who happens to live here in town who uh, just has an incredible manipulation act and I felt like my New Orleans family was meeting my magic family. It was wonderful. Yeah, that's cool. Well, again, I think it, it, your influence was certainly felt here the whole time, and uh, everybody had a lot of really good things to say about uh, everything. That you know, I said Michael was so funny, and the magic was good, and he was a great MC, and everything. So I just heard a lot of really great comments from behind the scenes too, just to pass on to you. Thank, thank you so much. And and, Ro- and Rod Chow gave me a presidential citation. I have never received one of those before. In New Orleans, if you receive a citation, it usually means you have to go to court and defend yourself. Because you so, can't work that corner anymore. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I've had a suspended license a few times. So a citation, you know, triggered my, like, oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. In fact, even Big Joe Kennedy, who was the piano player last night in my show, when they told me backstage, well, Rod's going to open, he's going to give you a citation, Big Joe looks at me and goes, what happened? Are you okay? <laughs> like, why? Why? We think of it as a negative thing, but no, a presidential citation is a good thing, yeah. and it means that they're they're honoring you and giving you a special recognition, and that meant so much to me because, as you know, I've been in this world for a long time, and and that meant a lot to me to be recognized for being a part of the world and and, and adding something to this world of magic, and that's all I want to do. You know, they talk about just. You know, leave things better than when you arrived. Right. And that's all I want to do is I just wanted everybody at this convention to say, I had fun in New Orleans. That was my main goal. If nothing else, 
It doesn't have to be the best convention. doesn't have to be the best magic. You don't have to learn the most here. I just wanted everybody to say, wow, we had a great time. Yeah. And, I, and I think we achieved that. Well, I think we did. You know, everybody that I've spoken with seems like they have really enjoyed the ambiance that is New Orleans. And uh, I've heard someone say, well, it's a lot cleaner than I was expecting it to be also. You know, you know we've been a lot cleaner, like, uh, since the pandemic. I guess, you know, there's a little less traffic going on, but I, I've been impressed, actually, because I, I try to avoid Bourbon Street for the most part. Yeah. But when I've walked down, I'm like, huh, this actually uh, doesn't look too bad. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I used to say that you could give directions to blind people based on sense of smell alone. Yeah, like, yeah. you just go go three blocks, and when you smell urine, take a left. Yeah. And then when you smell vomit, you're going to turn right. It's going to be right there. <laughs> and, and really, the, it, lately, it's been very clean. Uh, I think the city's doing a better job of that. I, I, I do wish we would uh, take care of the potholes, so it may take us a few years to get that figured out because uh, I don't know if you've been trying to drive, but uh, sometimes it feels like you just run over a dead body. So now we I've are. I've seen signs saying hole. Just hole, yeah. yeah. So, and, and sometimes, sometimes when there's a hole in the sidewalk, uh, people's solution is to just put a stick in it. And, and so to, like, warn people. So now if you miss the hole, then you might just, like, impale yourself on the stick. Um, so bad. we still have that problem, but you have to remember that we are one giant sinkhole because we are below sea level. That's true. So we're going to have problems, and uh, no matter what we do, the roads aren't going to be necessarily as easy to fix as other places considering the fact that we are essentially a bowl is, uh, yeah. is how we call it. And we're an island that's in a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's uh, it's been a ball in this bowl. Yeah, it's you know? been a ball in the bowl. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We've had some fun. And I just wanted to uh, have a chance to say thank you for everything that you did and your participation and the things you had offered uh, that people, when I say offered by experiences, that uh, you have suggested to people. And uh, I really am looking forward to next year because we're going to go to your home state and uh, visit Dallas. And I think that's going to be a blast. It's going to be a combined convention. I think it's going to be huge. We'll probably have twice the turnout. And, of course, being the FISM qualifiers, it's going to be a very important convention. So I, I really look forward to being a part of that. And I encourage anybody listening to this, don't miss out. If you miss New Orleans, you missed a hell of a party. Don't miss Dallas next year because in the magic world, it's going to be one to remember. Yeah, you want to go and sign up for that because it's not only the SAM, but the TOM and also the North American Championships for FISM. We've mentioned that several times on the podcast so far, but I just want to remind everybody as well to make sure that you sign up for that. So I'll be seeing you there, and I'll see you a few other places between now and then, too. Oh, absolutely. Well, we run into each other a lot, we so we'll, we'll be We travel in the same good circles. Absolutely. Good to see anybody. Thank so for the Magic so World Podcast, that is Michael Dardon, man who was bitten by a wizard. <laughs> Scotty out. Scotty out.